So, welcome to the inaugural podcast. Uh, Richard Christian from Blue Skills here with Andrew Harris, and today's topic is going to be surveillance, making people aware of why they might be the subject of surveillance. So, Andy, if you'd just introduce yourself. Thanks, Richard. Thanks for inviting me. My name's Andrew Harris. I've been an investigation professional for the past 23 years. Spent nearly 10 years as a police officer. And I've spent uh, the remaining time in the, the civil world, in the commercial world, uh, concentrating for the past decade on covert surveillance. Fantastic. And you've also worked with us doing uh, security chauffeuring, where actually the surveillance knowledge you have really helps us in adding value to our clients and ensuring their security. Um, so today, what we'd really like to investigate is uh, surveillance, take a, a deep delve into it and see why uh, why our customers or why uh, people out there might become the subject of surveillance. So just to give people an overview, uh, who conducts surveillance in the UK? In the UK, you could have legitimate surveillance, i.e. through criminal means, as in the police, security services, even local government uh, can conduct under certain circumstances covert surveillance on individuals and companies. On the other side you've also got a criminal element who may conduct surveillance prior to taking some criminal action against an individual. You've also got the civil side where companies may suspect employees of a breach of contract and they may want to gather evidence with regards to that. And you've also got the the one that people are more familiar with, which are matrimonials, which again comes under civil litigation. Fantastic. So, for a lot of people will think surveillance is rare. Why would anyone do surveillance on me? Just from your perspective, how prevalent is surveillance in the, uh, in the UK currently? People probably won't realise this, but it, it is very prevalent. I'm uh, regularly in work. A lot of my associates are regularly in work. Uh, there's COVID surveillance ongoing in most areas every day of the week. And why is that? For various reasons. The majority of the work I deal with is commercial based, uh, civil litigation based, um, but there are also you know, a lot of cheating partners out there, or suspected cheating partners, shall we say, uh, where they're being looked into by their spouses. Interesting. So um, a lot of people won't know much about surveillance, but just quickly, what are the types of surveillance that are going on in the UK currently? Uh, not government type, governmental type surveillance, but um, the type you're undertaking? The type I undertake, uh, the covert surveillance, mainly centres around techniques uh, in vehicles, what are called mobile surveillance, uh, or on foot, where we're following people in the more metropolitan areas. And there's also the technical side where we use various gadgets to um, follow people or listen into conversations. Fantastic. And the aim of that is is what? Why are you following people? What are you look what are you looking to achieve? The main aim for me is to gather evidence. Uh, a client may have suspicions of wrongdoing, uh, and I'm not there to prove that wrongdoing. I'm there to show whether that actually any wrongdoing is being conducted during that period of surveillance or not. That's really interesting. So what it, it kind of suggests to me is that there's a, a lot of people out there who are suspecting wrongdoing um, and they're really looking to confirm that with your services in order to take 
legal action against somebody, whether that be an employee or a partner? Yes, a lot of the time someone will come to me and say, I know this is happening, I want you to prove it. I'm not there for that. I'm there to gather whatever evidence is in front of me at any one, at one time. Uh, sometimes, you know, I do disprove their theories or their suspicions. Um, but at the end of the day, I'm an evidence gatherer and I'll, I'll present whatever evidence is put in front of me. And how long do these tasks that you undertake normally take? It, they can be from any, anything from a few hours to a matter of weeks. Uh, a task I recently completed, I was uh, on plots for seven weeks out of eight. What do you mean by plot? It's basically watching uh, a subject of interest. So uh, the, the areas that they frequent, we commonly term, term it as the plot. Fantastic. And could that, is that someone's house or you know, what, what varieties of plots do you have? It's included on this occasion, it included the, the home address, the surrounding area, the office where this person worked and also any areas they visited uh, where they conducted any of their meetings. So it sounds like you're able to build up a really strong picture of routine, habits and activities through your surveillance. That's right. And sometimes we come across things which a client may have not known about or not. So a lot of people sat at home listening to this, they'll be thinking, well, fantastic, there's lots of surveillance going on, but you know that will never happen to me. So just in your uh, words, kind of, who might become the subject of surveillance? What, what people from what spectrum of life? Anybody, anybody in a relationship, if their partner who may be controlling, um, may have suspicions that they're having an affair or seeing someone else, which might not be the case, but for some reason their behaviour has warranted uh, suspicions and they, they might become subjects of surveillance just to see if they are being unfaithful or not. In the commercial world, at work, someone may be suspected of breaching a contract or maybe trying to steal clients or passing on information. It may not be happening. It might be happening. But their employer might uh, have suspicions where they think they're not happy with this person's behaviour. They want to find out if they are, you know, breaching their contract or committing, you know, criminal offences. And we'd often think that that was um, lower levels of management. But have you seen this on uh, higher level management, senior management teams, owners and, and owners of businesses, for example? Yes, uh, directors of businesses who may be on long term sick leave because they may be wanting to actually leave that job and are setting up their own company. And that might be in direct competition to their employer because uh, they may have a period, it may be written into their contract, they have a period where they're not allowed to approach the clients of that business. That's a great point, but we've also seen this at an even higher level, haven't we? We've seen this um, famously, the Barclay family. We've seen uh, surveillance, technical surveillance conducted at the Ritz Hotel. What's your what's your take on that? It happens, um, obviously, in any large business, but it made it's made even more difficult when families involved, and there can be certain emotional attachments to that. And you know, one wants to get the upper hand over the other, which appears to be the the case here, although again it's just suspected that listening devices have been used and trying to use information against the other and it's uh, so easily done with the gadgets that can be bought um, off Amazon or off eBay. 
below cost, how much are we talking here? A few pounds, literally a few pounds. You can get a listening device that you can just plug in that looks like a, a phone charger, as, as was you know potentially the case here with the Barclays. Incredible. And so when we turn to uh, moving away from the Barclays and the more high-level senior management business sides, what about the criminal world of surveillance? What does, what does that look like? What might somebody um, expect a criminal to do in the way of surveillance against them? Criminals may be looking at a pattern of life of an individual, especially, I suppose it's more directed towards, you know, people with wealth. They may want to know when they're at home and they're not at home. Who's at home? Um, what are the opportunities of gaining access to a property? What's the security at the it's a property? Yeah. All this undertakes surveillance involved. I mean, for the, for the man on the street, it could be even more basic than that. They may want to go on holiday. They may be chatting to the taxi driver on the way, telling them where they're going, how long they're going for. Taxi driver now knows. He might tell someone else. Are they putting that information out on social media? Are they telling the world, basically, I'm not at home. No one's there. It, you know, it can give the criminal the opportunity then to uh, break into their house. And the confidence to break into their house, knowing yes. that they're less likely to get caught. So I guess that to sum up here, there's lots of different periods of surveillance, some very short, some very long. I know we've seen things like the night watchman uh, still uncaught, who was incredibly proficient, long periods of surveillance apparently, um, through to uh, the ADT kind of reports which have shown that uh, even criminals motivated purely by drug habit would conduct short periods of surveillance. Is that kind of your experience as well? It is. Um, it would be a very stupid criminal uh, who would not do that. They, you'd want some kind of information about your potential target before doing whatever criminal acts you're going to perform. And often it seems as an assumption that a criminal is unprofessional, uh, doesn't necessarily take their tradecraft, let's call it, seriously. What, what are your thoughts around that? There, there are the more petty criminals, I would accept that, but there are career criminals, professional criminals out there who are you know, well-skilled in what they do, who, will, who does understand you know, the need for information before undertaking you know, criminal acts. Uh, but for them, it's just business. It's just part of their job. And with technology, are we potentially making it easier for them with our reliance on technology? Massively so, massively so. With people putting their information out there on social media, it's readily available for lots of people. I've used it myself, trying to keep track of a subject, uh, gain further information. You know, if, if I've lost sight of a subject, uh, there's many times I've gone to social media and they've posted up their location that they're at a, you know, an event or they've, they've gone to a certain seaside town maybe, uh, which you know, greatly assists me in trying to keep track of them. It's fascinating, fascinating. So we've, we've kind of looked at what surveillance is, we've looked at who might be the subject of surveillance. Uh, finally moving on to the kind of final part of this, uh, this podcast, what to do if you're under surveillance? So what happens if you suspect you're under surveillance or how might you detect that you're under surveillance? It could be simple things. You may see people, multiple sightings is what we call it. You may see people that you wouldn't normally see over different areas, in different places. Uh, seeing somebody's familiar faces, maybe uh, in your own town, 
might not be an indicator, but if you're going to various different places and you keep seeing these people, it could be a, a telltale, it could be a trigger. So you, there's, you know, there's certain things you could do yourself to try and find this out, uh, or you can employ the services of a, a counter surveillance specialist. That's something that we, we obviously look at. It could be simple things of vehicles appearing where you wouldn't normally find them in the street, people sat in vehicles, uh, movement in vehicles over a long period of time that uh, you may suspect. It's just a matter of logging those vehicles. Anybody you're not happy with, just logging their description, location, times, uh, building up a picture over a short period. Uh, are you seeing the same faces in different areas? That might be, you know, triggers. And fr from there you've got, it depends what you want to do next. Do you contact the police? Do you think it's a direct threat? Do you think it's criminal elements? Or do you think you could be under surveillance because you're part of a civil litigation action that's ongoing? Uh, it could be the other party involved wants to obtain evidence against you. So it, it could be that. And it's what can you do to try and counter that? Because at the end of the day, the surveillance itself could be legitimate, lawful and justified. But it's how do you protect yourself? But again, that's probably another podcast in itself. Fantastic. And what do, what's your kind of perception of how interested the police would be uh, if you were to report that you thought you were under surveillance? What kind of action would they take? In my experience, it would take there'd be very little interest. Okay. If if there's no crime committed, um, because if it is justified, you're, it doesn't really come under harassment or stalking. Although there are stated cases in Scotland where it could be deemed as stalking. But uh, in England especially, the, the interest is very low, especially where the police are concerned. Okay. And, and probably as you're touching on there, with the exception of stalking, which is, is taken quite seriously, um, we, we touched briefly on um, controlling partners. Um, what kind of places might somebody go to if they're in a relationship and they feel that they're the subject of surveillance? Uh, their partner knows things about them that they maybe shouldn't know. They know where they've been, at what time, who they've been associating with. What kind of things are available to them to help? Firstly, I would say if you think you're uh, being stalked, is contact the police. First and foremost, if you think your safety is in danger at that moment in time, definitely call 999. Speak to them, get advice from them. Uh, but there are also there are national and government-backed organisations that if you look online... There are national stocking headlines and agencies that are there to help as well. Fantastic. And it's become a, a very much a, a hot topic, hasn't it, over the last few years with police taking it much more seriously than perhaps they previously had. So, yeah, I'd, I'd definitely I'd echo your sentiments there and tell them to get in touch with the police and those uh, stalking helplines yeah, as soon as possible. Also, collecting that, that evidence of what's going on, which is incredibly important to support um, their their claims and their concerns, isn't it? It is, just uh, backing up the, the evidence side, even if it's just as simple as a, as a book, a journal, and just noting dates and times in a chronological order and whatever ever else, uh, what other evidence you know you may have to hand, note it all down so it's all together in one place. Fantastic. And I think um, we, we looked at earlier, we were talking about um, the patterns of life, so uh, you know, discovering if you're under surveillance and confirming in it I'm just thinking sometimes people feel like they have to deal with this on their own like it's only their problem uh, my experience is that you're living in a community sharing that 
your concerns or your suspicions with uh, the community can add value. What have, what have you found around that when conducting surveillance? Does it make it more difficult for you when you come across a, a united front, a more aware community? Oh, definitely. It could be something very simple, um, what we call third party. So they may not be the subject of our surveillance, but our behaviour on, on the plot may rouse the suspicions of a neighbour or someone passing through. Uh, whether it's because they're just very aware or perhaps they may be up to something themselves. Uh, I've found that in the past. If You can get uh, certain estates where there may be a high criminal element involved. You may not be looking at you know the vast majority of people, but they may have uh, raised awareness because of their own dealings. So you know, you've got to take third party into account and people talk. You know, they, you know, friends talk, they could be on the phone talking about things that have happened. Um, you know, someone may have suspicions about a vehicle or a person. They speak to a friend, they may say, I've seen that, I've noticed that. And it kind of backs up what they were thinking. So if you do have, if you do suspect being uh, the subject of surveillance and, you know, listen to what uh, your neighbours are saying, listen to what your friends are saying, because they may be able to either prove or disprove, you know, your, your thoughts. Yeah, we often joke about the nosy neighbour, but in this instance it seems like the nosy neighbour can really add value to your life, listen to what they're seeing and, and, and observing and saying. Well, it's a double-edged sword. Uh, the nosy neighbour can be a, a problem for legitimate surveillance. However, uh, when we go and speak to neighbours to try and find out certain information, you, you find that they're more than happy to offer up information which really you might not want them to. Fantastic. Some really good thoughts there, Andy. Uh, thanks very much for your time and sharing your your wide range of knowledge and experience. It's greatly appreciated. I hope everybody listening to this has uh, has also enjoyed hearing your thoughts and experiences from you. Thank you very much. Thank you very much for inviting me.